Welcome to the podcast station where we share exciting stories, interesting facts, lots of laughter, and lots of hope as we talk about caring for our human bodies in the 21st century. We have one ultimate goal, and that is to help you develop a newfound perspective and sense of appreciation for the incredible human body that you're living in. If you would like to join us for more educational courses or professional certifications, see us online at www.holistichealtheducators.com. Great to have you with us. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. Today's topic is something that we are all actively working on spreading awareness of as a lot of new research has been coming out at how many underlying illnesses are actually misdiagnosed due to uh, people not realizing they've had environmental exposures to certain toxins and toxicants that end up affecting almost every system of the body. And mold is one of those topics. And uh, we have with us today, someone who has studied and dedicated years of her life to understanding not only mold and how to identify it and where to find it and what helps with uh, helping your house, you know, breathe better and prevent the growth of mold, but also how to detox after mold toxicity. How do you, how do you help someone through their recovery process if they've been exposed to mold and uh, every P every person reacts to it uh, differently. So it's not, it, it is, it does need to happen on a case by case basis. Every person's body is unique and it actually, you know, interacts with your genetics and interacts with your metabolism and, and all sorts of things. But today's call, we will just be hearing from, from Jennifer. Jennifer is actually a member of our HHE uh, staff and team. Um, we love working with her, uh, but today we get to hear from something that she really is a true expert on, and that is understanding mold toxicity. And then how do you help your body recover from something like that while you also go through um, improving the state of, of your home and your environment? So Jen, I was thinking if, first of all, if it's okay with you, if you could share your story of how you even became aware of mold and what mold toxicity is. And then after that, we'll start talking about the details of how to identify it and um, some of the science about uh, recovery. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Amy. I'm so happy to be here spreading awareness about mold, which has become a complete uh, love project for me because so many people do suffer from mold toxicity and a lot of people don't even know. So, and that's kind of how I ended up here. Um, I'll do the most recent part of my journey and then just kind of do a brief childhood glimpse. But basically I started working um, in a building in 2014. And about a year later I had switched and I had started in a corner office, working in a corner office. And I didn't really think anything. I was finding myself that I was a little bit more tired and I was a little bit more irritable, but my job was extremely demanding at the time. Um, I was basically on call 24 seven. I just had a lot of pressures going on, a lot of stress. And I was one of those people that quite frankly, I gave, 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 and I worked a lot. And over time, um, I had known about this fibroid that I had growing and it was small. The doctors weren't worried about it, but it actually like started to like grow rapidly. And I didn't think much of it. Unfortunately, I was refused a work leave to have surgery. So that was also playing on my body. So I was growing more tired. Um, I started having a lot of sinus infections. 
was starting to experience brain fog and I had a lot of pelvic pain, which grew into me waking up in the morning and having like vertigo and having really sore feet, really sore joints, um, hip pain. So things that were just you know, we, unfortunately, I think we're so programmed to call things normal, but they're not because just because they're common does not mean that they're normal. And as these things slowly progress, and I share my story, honestly, and truly, because there are so many people that experience mold toxicity, just like this, as much as we are all different, and we have different environments. This is what happens. It's like this slow progression. So I got to the point where I was constantly exhausted and I was having really strong cravings. And I was also a personal trainer for years. So I was used to being really active and my activity levels plummeted. And it was even harder for me to pass weights to my clients. So I was working part-time as a personal trainer, working full-time as a senior project manager. I was on call. I was stressed out and I started drinking, but it wasn't it wasn't a drinking, like it was more like to relax my body because I felt like I was constantly fried and I was also craving it, which looking back, I can give you an answer to that, but, and it was only wine. So I was craving, craving carbs and I was craving wine and I was gaining weight and I just had all these things compiling. And then 2017, it really, really started to affect me. And we had gone away on vacation and we had stayed in with a family in Georgia. And I was starting to hallucinate. Like I was experiencing depersonalization, derealization. I came home. I didn't even remember being away for that period of time. I felt horrific. Mm -hmm. And I was looking for answers. I had been going to doctors, um, but it was all being chalked up to my fibroid and my stress. So I was, I was believing those answers. My blood work was coming back fine. And I mean, it was in the, you know, the normal range for how they do their blood work. And it was just, it was one of those things where I was like, okay, this is just not, it's something more is going on. And then that's when I actually started experiencing neuropathy. So things mm -hmm. got really, really bad. I was having word loss. I was starting to stutter. I was speaking mm -hmm. backwards. I had um, a foot drop, which is where you're walking and your body actually acts like it's about to step onto a step, but you don't, right? Then I was also having where I was dragging my, my toe. It was just one thing after the next. And um, I ended up going on a medical leave I did see some specialists. I unfortunately saw a lot of psychologists, psychiatrists, sorry, not psychologists. And then um, I was referred to an internal medicine specialist. Um, I had my fibroid removed thinking that that was going to be the, you know, the magic ticket, so to speak. And that wasn't, that was not it. I didn't even lose weight after having, it was, it was a really large mass. And uh, yeah, so it took me to finally be like, all right, I have to think out of my box. And my mom was a chiropractic assistant and I had been a personal trainer for years and I knew how important diet was. Um, but I had never, I had never gone to see like a naturopathic doctor. And at this point I was, my mental health was so horrible that I was actually, I had major social anxiety. I was not leaving my house. And to be honestly, to be honest, I was suicidal. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So I made this appointment. I ended up being treated for adrenal fatigue and candida overgrowth, but it wasn't until we dove in and I got an organic acid test done that I realized that I was mold sick and I was mold sick, like off the range. It was my body on every level was no longer working. So it was, for me, it was really, really empowering because I finally had an answer. And it's one of those situations where I do believe in tests don't guess, but unfortunately with a lot of environmental illnesses, the tests that we have in place don't necessarily always work. So we have to be really cautious of that. That's basically how my journey started. I jumped into a protocol that um, was very individual and I do, I do have to stress that. I think that, you know, we all come from different environments, but I will say, and we'll definitely get into this mold recovery is Mm multi-layered. It's not just one thing. Um, And yeah, we just started tackling it slowly, but surely. Wow. I'm really happy you walked us through the symptoms of that and just how progressive it was. Because one thing that is so frustrating to people is when they experience something like this, where it really starts to affect everything in their body, their digestion gets worse, bloating, neuropathy, and then um, the mental health component of it. And from like a reductionist standpoint, you know, in if we're looking at things through a lens where like everything in your body is separated, you know, they, you know, some people would be compelled to treat your mental health condition one way. And then your, your digestive disorder, you know, there's a prescription for that. And then, Oh, neuropathy. Oh, could this be MS, you know? And then like, just to diagnose everything individually, when it's really common, when, when Karen's seeing people, or if I'm dealing with someone and it is across the board, reproductive issues, digestive pain, extreme fatigue, don't feel like themselves, mental health. We got to look at what are these underlying things that really do affect the whole body and mold toxicity is definitely one of them. So I'm really happy you walked us through that just from a physiological perspective, uh, for anyone who's curious, a big reason is because, um, mold spores will cause the alveoli in your lungs to restrict. Um, and they'll also damage, um, oxygen delivery through your body. And what ends up happening is your mitochondria, which are anyone who's taken biology, the powerhouse of your cells, mitochondria need oxygen to work. They do not work in the absence of oxygen and mitochondria are responsible for like fueling your body. So you have, you have mitochondria in all of your cells and your whole body that are responsible for fueling your body. All of a sudden you cut off that fuel source and systems of the body start shutting down. It's, it's one of the fastest ways to affect every system of the body is to affect oxygen delivery. And so anyway, I'm really grateful you walked us through all those steps. Do you want to touch on where your mold exposure came from? Because now we have an idea of what symptoms can look like for someone and what a possibility is for someone who's experiencing this type of fatigue. You know, you mentioned the organic acids test, but where, where do you feel like the root of your mold exposure came from? And how did you kind of pin that pinpoint that part down? So, and here's the thing in my circumstance, I, when I got moved into that corner office, I could smell mold and people would come into my office and they would be like, Oh, it's got 
you know, yucky smell. And I had, I, when I say corner office, it was literally, you know, the outside two corners meeting of this building. And it was a big, beautiful building. And I had a really nice window, but I also had, I had a latch door on the wall where my desk was literally three feet from. And that latch door went to the outside water main for the outdoor sprinkler system. And they would not let me open it up and look in it. And I had complained about this smell and I didn't, I didn't know about mold. I like, I mean, I knew what I knew about mold, but I didn't think anything like it would, you know, create all these issues and it wasn't visible mold. So it was kind of more of a musty smell. Mm -hmm. And they decided one day when I wasn't at work, they had put a petri dish out, which I can tell you right now is not reliable whatsoever. And they had also, because I, I was complaining about it because there was a draft in the winter. I, I, I live in Ontario, work in Ontario. Our winters are cold and there was a draft coming in. So when I wasn't at work one day, I was out on the road, they stuffed the hole with like that bubble packaging stuff. You know, the stuff that you can pop when you were a kid. Well, we still do it. But anyways, they stuffed the hole with that and they left a Petri dish out. And they never showed me the dish, but they did tell me that they sent it off and that there was no molds. And I just, I believed them and I didn't, I didn't think anything further of it. And then when I had gone on my medical leave, I was downstairs on the main floor of my house and my husband called my name and I went upstairs and in our master, our master bedroom had, it had been renovated before we had moved in. So it was, it was two rooms made into one big room. So we had two closets and the one closet again was an outdoor corner wall. And he had gone to look for something in his closet and his guitar case and this stuffed toy that he had in there that I'd given him for Valentine's a couple days prior, a couple years prior and had mold on it. So mm -hmm. I now realize that I was actually being double exposed, mm -hmm. which makes sense because my dog at the time had also been diagnosed with lymphoma. And there was just looking back, there's just so many pieces to the puzzle. And one thing I will say, it's, it's funny that you mentioned the MS because I did have MS symptoms and I did have dementia symptoms, early onset dementia symptoms. And I know that firsthand because I'm a dementia daughter. So I know what that is. And I will say when you're dealing with mental health, um, a lot of times you are prescribed things. And I, I, I'm a strong believer that there is, is a place for medication. Of course there is. But I will say that when you're suffering from, from mold toxicity, you have so much fungus in your body that most medications have a fungus base. And medication I actually reacted horribly from. It didn't matter what it was. And it would send my body over the edge and I would have EBV breakouts. I would have hive breakouts. I would fever. So I wasn't all these medications that I was being given for my mental health weren't working either. So it was really just a cascade of things. So, and another thing, when we had moved into the house, the other problem that we had seen was water damage underneath the kitchen sink. We didn't think anything of it. It was dried up, but we did have a mouse issue, mm. which is another thing I will bring up is that t mice tend to hang out where there's moisture, humidity, and dampness. So when you have a, like a mouse issue, you, there's chances of you having mold. 
mm-hmm. which I've learned obviously in the last two years as well. So it's all these little things that kind of come together and you don't realize mold toxicity. When I started researching mold three years ago, um, they said that 50% of buildings are mold contaminated and that half of those, so 25% are contaminated with toxic mold. Mm-hmm. Most recently, the numbers that came out now, it's 70% of buildings are affected with mold. Mm-hmm. And like, that's astronomical. And then you put in the fact that 25% of the population has what's called an HLA-DR gene, which makes you more susceptible to mold. So mm-hmm. it's this giant combination. And it's a it's an illness that can be really hard to believe because you can have four people living in the house mm-hmm. and one person could be you know, quite ill. One person could just have like allergies and the other two people could be completely fine. Yep. So it's very, I don't want to say that it's genetically based because the truth of the matter is, is, is mold is extremely toxic. Yeah. And I think it's, it's more based on your own personal rain barrel. And I love using that terminology because it's like this, this toxic bucket. So you have you have this barrel and when you keep filling it with toxins, it's going to get to the point where it overflows. And that's exactly what happens with mold is your body can only take so much. Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned the uh, mitochondria aspect of that and mold is fat soluble. So it leaches, leaches onto your fat cells, onto your mitochondria. And it's just, it's a disaster. Yeah. So we're going to get into um, solutions here in just a minute in case anyone's feeling like super worried, like, what do we do now? Um, But just to reiterate, I think the statistics you shared are really relevant because before I knew much about it, I really thought mold was like really rare. And so understanding that about half of homes have some kind of mold and, and, and uh, then a quarter of that is going to be or a quarter of homes will, or, or buildings, I should say, um, can have some form of toxic mold in it. But then the other statistic, just to reiterate, when she mentioned 25% of the population having this genetic polymorphism that makes them extra susceptible to mold, that I just have to reiterate that because we had a TNC whose daughter um, moved into an apartment building that had toxic mold and she moved in with roommates and she actually passed away within months um, of, because of how sensitive she was to the issue and how much it just completely took down her body. And I'm not saying that was the only thing that was going on, but if she was someone who had that genetic polymorphism and moved into a super mold infested area, if there was anything else going on in her body, at that time, imagine the burden on your lymphatic system and on your immune system. It's a big reason why mold toxicity, there's so many co-infections because like you mentioned, like the mitochondria aren't getting enough oxygen, um, mold by nature decays things. And so they call it like the great destroyer. Like it breaks things down. It's a big um, contributor to like fatigue and muscle fatigue, um, just because of what it does in to, to tissues. And I would do want to say not all mold is bad. So we're like talking about toxic mold right now. There actually, interestingly enough, are some molds that are good for you and diversify your microbiome, just like there's good bacteria and good viruses and even some good parasites, interestingly enough. Um, so there is such thing as good mold, you know, like going out and 
walking in the forest and there's some decaying plant matter, you know, from like decaying trees and things like that. That's not the type of mold we're talking about that is going to be bringing your health down. Some of, some of, you know, natural exposure to mold is part of our human experience. It's part of the circle of life and going for walks in the forest are a great way to diversify your body's microbiome. But we're talking about what, what Jen, Jennifer said is like a lot of the issue with today's age is we're so energy efficient that we are sealing up these homes. We are just sealing them. So it's just AC. There's not, our homes aren't breathing like they used to. There's not the same airflow and there's not the same, um, neutralization of, of moisture content. And so, um, that, that, that can be a huge contributing factor to it. So we'll delve in here in a minute just to solutions, but um, I just appreciated those stats about who's sensitive and who's not because you you could be fine, but your sister could be really affected by it or you could be affected and no one else in your family could be affected by it. And a big issue that happens with environmental illness, toxicity is all the gaslighting that happens from um, family and from um, at times medical professionals or people who aren't trained in this is you come and you're, you're describing what's going on. And like you said, they just attribute it to stress. They're like, Oh, you're just stressed out. You know, it's like, this is not normal. Like everything in my body feels like it's breaking down. Like this is not normal. And so it can be totally life-changing to get someone on a good multi-step um, detox protocol. So of course, the number one thing when it comes to solutions is like identify the exposure and, uh, and remediate if it's in your home. Um, uh, if it's a, some, there are some projects that you can safely learn how to do yourself. If you know the steps and you know the equipment to protect yourself, to remediate it. There's also professional remediation companies. My father does like mold remediation in his work almost every week. He's, he does, um, fire and water damage restoration. So like I grew up remediating homes that had mold damage. So, but we had the right equipment to be in those environments, the proper protection equipment with the, with the masks and things to protect your skin. And so there's remediation projects you can do for your home. Um, but so the first part is going to be eliminating the exposure or identifying the exposure. And then the second part is going to be actually detoxifying yourself. And there are um, detox protocols that you can do under, you know, with the help of a naturopathic doctor or with someone like a mold specialist that can help um, detoxify and help get it out of your body in stages. So you can eventually um, reclaim some of your health. So Jen, what part of that do you want to start with? Some like identify identification and remediation tips or some detox tips or where are you feeling right now? I'm really good with either. I think, I think the big thing is, is just, you know, and honestly, that's what I do with my, with my coaching business. I, is I empower people and I show them the way to go with that. And it's, it is very individual based only because sometimes remediation doesn't work. And that, and, you know, that's another statistic I can throw out there. But that can be a pretty scary statistic because depending on your genetics, remediation just might not work for you. Um, it's definitely something that I would suggest be done by a professional. There are things, you know, if you've got a little bit of mold buildup in your shower, or if you've got it around the ring of your washer machine, yes, those are things that you can take care of yourself. But again, if you have mold in the shower, why is it there? What is the source? And then you've got mold that's hidden. You have mold that's behind walls. A lot of remediation companies will tell you that your bathroom fans are vented into the attic, that they're not vented outside. So you've got all this moisture going up into your attic and you're basically just feeding your attic. 
And then you've got HVAC units. The H, some HVAC units actually leave the factory with mold inside of them before they're even installed in your house. So there's a lot of different things that you can, you, you can look into. Getting tested is extremely important when it comes to your house and getting that done with an ERMI test, which actually just recently, and I had to write this down because I just, I did another mold summit last week and they're now calling an ERMI test a QPCR. So I have to dig a little bit more into that, but it's basically, they're looking at your spore count. So mm -hmm. you're going to take dust samples and you're going to send it off and they're going to look at the spore count, which is going to identify the types of mold that are in your, in your house and just how hazardous, hazardous it is. Um, and that's extremely important because quite frankly, it's very difficult to heal a sick body when you're in a sick environment. Mm -hmm. um, so there's also the element of not just mold toxicity itself, but what else do you have going on in your life, right? So when you've got trauma or if you've got other things like Lyme disease, there's other factors. And that goes back to that, that um, rain barrel effect that I was talking about, heavy metals, parasites, but we also have to remember that mold is actually like a breeding ground for parasites. The parasites mm. thrive off of it. So mm. there is a lot of different factors. And, and Amy's right. Like I have to reiterate, it's not like there's over 300,000 different types of mold, right? Wow. Like the majority of them are actually really happy, purposeful molds and fungus. Like they, they want to live with you, right? Like they're not up against you, right? But then there's a handful that are not good. And you can get into a lot of detail about this. And, and, I, and I'm grateful that I'm going to be doing the human body master guide call at the end of the month because we'll have more time to dive into this kind of stuff. But the reality of it is mold has been around forever, but we are building houses differently and our environment is different. We have way more EMF. And mold expands off of EMF. It's 600 times more active with EMF. So you've got really tight homes that aren't breathing properly. More people are prone to turn on the AC than they are to open up the windows and let fresh air in now. We've got building materials. And I can tell you, I live in a new build. So I see it all the time. This area is still building up. We have building materials that sit outside Okay, they're exposed to the elements, they get moldy, and then your house gets built with them. And then guess what? The drywall goes up, and you don't know that you have moldy two by fours and moldy joists holding up your house. Mm -hmm. Like it's gotten to the point where, you know, this is why we're doing what we're doing. It's rampant, you know, mm -hmm. and it's so sad because we have these materials that mold thrives off of, and then it activates spores and these mycotoxins are released and you don't know you're breathing this stuff until until you start, you know, not feeling well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is why we're just so excited and feel so passionate about raising awareness is because 
uh, we can start influencing the way we ventilate our houses and the way we build houses and buildings, the way we look at that in the future and how seriously we take this type of a topic. Um, these are things that we do have some control over and it can feel like a really daunting task. If you're like, what if my home is moldy? What if like that can feel um, very daunting, but please do know uh, this is March 1st. We have dedicated the month of March to Moldy March, which is Mold Awareness Month. And so this is just the first call. We want to give you the support uh, and the resources to know what to do for your home, what to do for your personal health, um, tips and tools on identifying symptoms and tests you can take, um, and especially like just provide you support and also the emotional support aspect. So Jenny, um, sorry, Jennifer also runs an amazing environmental illness support group. I was able to join you for your first call ever, and my heart was like, holy cow, was being like ripped out one minute and then filled up the next hearing people's stories of what they went through, how ostracized they were by their family and their community member because no one believed them. And then how long and, and expensive the journey was for them to find the right treatment protocols that actually worked for them. Absolutely. And just how lonely that process was. And so Jennifer started a support group so that these people can just come on a call and be there for each other. And some women and some of the people are in really good places and they're able to give support and other women there just have breakdowns. And they're like, you guys, like, I just need some support today. And so it's, it's a really awesome space. I'm really happy you provided that. Um, Jennifer. So thank you for that. So just know this is, we are kicking it off uh, with the, with this awareness campaign. Um, but right in closing, Jen, would you mind just walking us through a few of the personal health side of things and things that assist our body in managing mold as we're exposed to it? Absolutely. So I think the big thing is, is you really have to focus on your detox pathways being open. So a lot of people want to jump right into the protocol and they, you know, they obviously want to feel better. I, I mean, I know I did as well, but it's actually a slow and steady wins the race type scenario, because usually by the time that you're being diagnosed, you do have a lot of symptoms at my worst. I had over 70 symptoms, which okay. sounds absolutely insane. And it is when you see the list, but it's one of those things where you just kind of have to trust and you have to practice a lot of self-compassion, which is something that I'm a huge proponent of. Like, I can't even tell you how much I, I swear by self-compassion, but opening those detox pathways. So making sure that you're going, well, going to the washroom, I will tell you that incontinence and constant urination is a sign of mold as well. Same with bedwetting with children. So usually going pee is not an issue with mold. Keeping hydrated is. Um, you want to make sure that you've got, you're having proper bowel movements that you're going at least once or twice a day. And the big kicker is sweating. And as a personal trainer, I should have recognized this and I, you know, I kick myself, but I stopped sweating. I couldn't sweat. I sat in a sauna. I went when I, like I told you, I was in Georgia at family and we sat and there was a four person sauna and my husband and I are in with his aunt and uncle. These people are sweating buckets and my upper lip was dewy. That was it. So it just goes to show what mold can do. So open your detox pathways and then you want to make sure that you're supporting your organs and you're supporting your mitochondria. So you want to be adding minerals into what you're taking in. You want to be adding magnesium. You want to be adding all those things for support. And then you really want to support your liver because that poor guy has been really trying to keep you alive. So you want to do things like milk, thistle and such. 
And then once you're in a good place, when your detox pathways are open and you have been supporting your, your mitochondria and your organs and your diet is on point. I mean, you know, food is life and that's all there is to it. And that does vary for individuals, right? Because sometimes people will have histamine issues and sometimes people will have oxalate issues, but your diet really does need to be on point. And then you start killing and you start getting to the things you start getting to the candida, you start getting to the bacteria, you start getting to the fungus. And that's where you really start getting into parasites. And there's a lot of tools as well, you know, doing sauna, doing detox baths, doing um, dry brushing, get your lymph moving, everything gets stagnant with mold. So a lot of times, you know, we need to, we need to move our lymph anyways, because, you know, it doesn't have its own pump, but when you're mold sick, it's really not moving. So you really need to focus on that, but it's just slowly building these things up. And, you know, I always look at it like if you're taking two steps forward, even though if you hit a bump and you take a step back, you're still making progress because every time I would like level up and feel good, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I feel great. And then like two months later, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I feel great. Like it was like every time, like I, it had been so long since I felt good. Um, I actually forgot what it felt like to honestly be human. And the big thing is, is you can recover from this. I'm telling you. And it doesn't, it doesn't have to be difficult per se. You just have to make sure that you're being guided properly because people do waste a lot of time and a lot and a lot of money. Unfortunately, it's just, it's having somebody that is fully versed in all, all aspects, because you do need to support your liver, you need to support your gallbladder. You need to work on your, on your microbiome. We 70% of us have leaky gut as it is like all of these things have to come into play. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And like you mentioned, like the diet protocol is going to change too, because this may be a time and a place where someone switches to like a really paleo diet. Um, um, so just know that like there can, there are therapeutic diets that definitely have a time and a place, um, for some of these different conditions. And, uh, there's so much more we could get into here, but that was an amazing introduction on what someone can do. So open up the detox pathways. Like she said, there's just a few ways in and out of the body. You know, you breathe it, you eat it. Um, Even you crying, sweat. crying. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Crying is a detox pathway. Believe it. It releases those emotions and it gets those fluids going. It's, it's, do it all. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, you know, what's interesting is that the chemical composition of your tears changes depending on if it's a happy tear or a sad tear. That's a total side note that that's not I believe what it. we're talking about, but it's just interesting. So maybe you can get a diversity of tears out there. Exactly. <laughs> Diversify <laughs> your crying so we can like make sure we're covering all the bases here. Get some like sappy movies in and then some scary ones. Like, I'm kidding. Anyway. So, um, but yeah, open up the detox pathways, support your organs. I love that. Definitely support your emotions you mentioned trauma before some of these, um, is huge emotional I things. Can, yeah. I'll tell you that I honestly, I do not have a client that does not have built up trauma. And if you, mm. and it doesn't necessarily mean even beforehand, which does hinder it, but just the trauma alone from this illness, like yeah. 
Yeah. It's pretty intense. It's really scary when you first get diagnosed and you're scared to walk into buildings. You know, uh, real quick, I'll tell you real quick. Today's a perfect example. I was working away in my office at home. I'm on the second floor. I've got a main bathroom here and then I have a two-piece bathroom on the main floor. So three bathrooms in total. And there were some guys out on the and out working on a manhole on the road. And I didn't think anything of it, but then I heard my toilet gurgling. And the gurgle started getting louder and I'm like, what is going on? And I actually, thank goodness I was home. I got up. I had two toilets in my house that had like a fountain spray of gurgle coming out. And it was so bad that it was actually reaching my bathtub. So my counter, my walls, like, and, you know, and this is a term of endearment. Not everybody likes this, but I do call myself a moldy because I've lived with it long enough. I was first exposed when I was seven. So I call myself a moldy. So this moldy is like, you got to be kidding me. Now, thank goodness that I am definitely operating rest and digest. So I just grabbed some towels and I started mopping it up, but I was taking pictures. I was doing video. I'm getting a hold of the builder. Now imagine, and I said this to them, I said, imagine the people that aren't home right now. So imagine if that now sits for six or seven hours. So I'll end it with this. It's, you know, water damage is, is horrendous. Mold starts within 24 to 48 hours. So when you notice any type of water, if you can get it dried out ASAP, that's what you need to do. I, I dried mine up. I got the towels. I got the fans out. I did everything I could. I was, you know, I was busy in the middle of my work day. You know, I still have to disinfect my bathrooms, obviously, but you need to get to it immediately because it does. It only takes 24 to 48 hours and those mold spores can be around for weeks before they're visible. So mm -hmm. that's another thing. Mm -hmm. So act, yeah, act fast with moisture. So, well, I'm excited to see all the tips and tools that come out, um, you know, following part of this awareness campaign. So thank you again so much, Jennifer, for that. We can't wait to hear even more from you um, throughout the rest of the month, but I'm sure I'm not the only one who learned things on this call. Um, I appreciate that you presented it in both an awareness and empowering way uh, so that we know that there are things that we can do in our power. So I just thank you again, Absolutely. Jennifer, sir for educating us and, and facilitating support groups. So we will wrap that up for today and can't wait to hear from you again. So thank you so much for joining us, Jennifer. And thanks everybody. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. We will circle back to this topic again soon. Hey, thank you for joining us. I hope you had as much fun as we did. If you would ever like to connect with us in person or live online for webinars, course certifications, events, conferences, parties, go ahead and check out our upcoming event schedule at www.holistichealtheducators.com. We would love to connect with you. We also host weekly live question and answer sessions. Until then, have a spectacular day.